To your shelf or mine. I'm Becky Standle, Youth Services Librarian at the Longview Public Library. I'm Angela Stevenson, and I'm the Library Technician at the Longview Public Library as well. Yay, thanks for coming on, Angela. Thanks for coming thanks. back. Pleasure. So today, Angela and I are going to be talking about romance. But before we get to that, just some quick updates from the library. It's now February, and our all-ages craft for this month is a Valentine craft. So you can pick up a craft packet of supplies to make Valentines. We've got two sizes of craft packets, like a regular size that has supplies to make up to five-ish Valentines, and a super size, which is a double of that if you have the group that you're making them with, or you just are really in the mood and you want to make a lot. And, of course, you can keep your Valentines, distribute them among family and friends, or you can return them to the library for senior citizens in our community. And Sandra, who does our outreach program, will take them out to different senior uh, living centers in town. Um, and we have those available through February, and we'll be accepting them returning through February. So even past Valentine's Day, you can return your Valentine's to the library. So that's really fun. Um, we've already sent out, like, 50, 60 craft packets in the first two days we've offered them. They're really wild. Popular. Yeah. Also new this week, um, we have Wi-Fi hotspots available to check out. And those you can just you can call and request them. Our phone number is 360-442-5300 between 10 and 4, Monday through Friday. Or you can go online on the online catalog and search just like hotspots. Put a hold on them just like you would a book. And then they'll be available for you to, to pick up and check out from library drive through So that's great if you don't have like a good connection at home um, and they check out for six weeks. Or even if you're going to be somewhere where there's no internet, as long as you can get a cell signal, the hotspots should work. So that's a really good option. That's available to us through a grant from the Washington State Library. We also have our story times ongoing, um, preschool toddler crafts, which are switched out every week. Uh, next week's is a penguin craft, I believe. Um, and so that's really fun. Angela, do we got anything else new? I am adding the historic survey that um, a group of citizens did. I remember the exact name of the group. It was the Historic Survey and Inventory of the Old West Side. Oh, cool. So anyone who wants information on houses in the Old West Side will be able to just go online to our website and find them. And that's a, is that going to be in content DM with the other uh, digital archives? It will. Yeah. That's really cool. I know we had a couple of weeks ago, like a uh, email come in from someone who wanted to know more about her house in that neighborhood. Very cool. Yeah. It's exciting. I have the first 20 houses, I think, in so far. There are a lot of houses. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just like something you've had as a paper 
we had them as notebooks up in the long view room. Uh-huh. And there are eight different notebooks, regular like school binders full uh-huh. of them. And so I've been scanning them and adding them one at a time. <laughs> That's it's also a really fun project. Yeah, I think people really appreciate that. It's one of our most asked for information, I think, in the long view room about mm-hmm. the house. Yeah, and it's cool that we have that there exists like the information of like people who used to live there and and all of that stuff. Yeah. All right, you, you want to get into romance? Yeah. Okay. I had I had a few books that I was going to read, but then I only read one. But I got another one in my box the other day that I'm excited about. Did you read something, something Danny Brown? Uh, Get a Life, Chloe Brown? Yes. Did you read Get a Life, Chloe yeah. Brown? I did. Okay. So it's like the sequel to that. Maybe this one is something, something Danny Brown. So then that second one is called Take a Hint, Danny Brown, and it's about her sister. And then there's a third one oh. coming out about the other sister, because there's three sisters. So I just got the Take a Hint, Danny Brown, come in as a hold, and so I'm excited to read that one. But anyways, that is by Good. Talia Hibbert, and I really like the first one, the Chloe Brown one. It's cool because she's um, the the main character, Chloe, has, what does she have? She has, like, a chronic illness. What's the one that makes you really, like, tired all of the time? Uh, MS can. No. This book is it's pretty cool because uh, it has a main character and she lives with chronic pain. And that's the kind of thing that you don't see often in a romance book. Or, I mean, really, any book, any novel, but especially the kind of genre novels. So, anyways, the book that I read for this um, is called You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hogle. And it has a little blurb from Christina Lauren on the front, which I think is probably why I checked it out. What did you read? I read Princess for Christmas by Jenny Holiday. He was super funny. Cute. Um, is it like a Hallmark Christmas movie? Yes. It is exactly like a Hallmark Christmas movie. Okay, tell me about it. We have this one at the library? Is this a library one? You know, I bought it at Target. I'm not sure if we have it at the library or not. I'll have to look. We should. It was really cute. It's this girl named Gabby. Um, no, sorry. That's the little girl. <laughs> There's a girl named Marie. She's <laughs> Princess Marie of Eldovia. Comes to New York to help her watch business that the um, their country sells. They're really high-end, expensive watches. Um, and she meets Leo, and he's the cab driver, and she needs to be taken to this ship and she doesn't have a way to get there. Her limo is late. And so he takes her there and kind of saves the day. And they're just quirky and funny and he becomes her driver for the whole day that she's here in New York. He drives her everywhere and his his um, sister absolutely loves her because she's he's so she loves that she's a princess and thinks that's so cool. They and go to a little school sister play. A kid? Yeah, he has he has a little sister that he takes care of. Their parents died. Um, so it's just the two of them. And then his cousin's wife lives in the same building, and so she takes care of them, too. And they end up going to Eldovia, the princess's country, for Christmas. And it's this wonderful, perfect, snowy Christmas. And her dad is not happy. Her mother has died. 
and her dad is kind of angry at the world after that um, and kind of getting over that. I like, it's called El Dovia. Um, That's like, what's the Netflix Christmas movies where they're like the princess Christmas movies and they live in a, in a, in a country that's Monrovia? It's very similar. And then where does Is the, it really about Yeah. Where's Mia Thermopolis from? Oh, I think it ends in Ovia too. Mm-hmm. It's just a principality. It's like a, it's a easy way to make like a name of a, a fake principality is just a at Ovia to the end of something. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. So they fall in love. They fall in love. Yes. Genovia. Up- Mia Thermopolis is from Genovia. Genovia. That's kind of like the Genova Convention. That's kind of weird. Anyways, I interrupted you. They fall in love. <laughs> That's right. Yes, they fall in love kind of slowly. He ends up helping her build his cabin in their woods that her father had. And mother had started and that they had stopped building as soon as his mother, her mother died. The father couldn't um, deal with it. So he was like, nope, we're ignoring it basically. Um, but when he, when Leo comes to um, Aldovia, she really wants it finished for her mother. And so he has experience with that. And so he, with the help of uh, um, another guy that lives there in Aldovia, they finish the cabin. And then there's this big ball. You know, there's always a beautiful ball at the end with this ball. And he declares his love for her in the end. And it was really good. Does her dad come around? Is it what? Her yes, dad. her dad comes around. Yeah. Is there like a prince who yeah, she's supposed end. to marry? Yes, she was supposed <laughs> to marry this guy from forever. But they've been friends and they neither one wanted to get married, but... They were like, well, we'll just marry because we're supposed to, and we'll just see other people, and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that was his idea. Her idea was to hopefully not have to do that. But he was okay with her finding his love and getting married. So that wasn't an issue. Nice. I like it when there's not that weird drama there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds nice. I didn't read any um, Christmas romances this last year, this you know, this last season. I love Christmas romances. I watched a couple, but I watched a lot. <laughs> the only one I watched was, uh, well, I watched some like that I, you know, like just regular Christmas movies that I watch a lot. But like as far as like the Lifetime ones and stuff, I watched um, one where they, it's like two sisters and they make a wish for, to like live a Christmas movie Christmas. Maybe it's called a Christmas movie Christmas. And then they wake up inside of a Christmas movie. Did you watch that one? <gasps> that sounds fun. No, I didn't. It was cute. I, I kind of oh, wish yeah. they'd leaned into like making it like a more self-aware and funny because, um, it seems like that was going to be it, but then, like, once they started the romance, it was just, like, a regular Christmas movie. But I did watch, I did watch, actually, a few that weren't, did end up really being Christmassy. Like, I watched that one you told me to watch, The Midnight at Magnolia, which is... Oh, yeah, I like that one. It was kind of like a New Year's Eve movie, but I, yeah. I really did like that one a lot. That was cute. That, that one was sweet. Um, and then I watched the date one. What was that? But that was, like, all holidays. Holidays. Oh. Yeah, and that wasn't really a Christmas movie. 
Yeah, it was all of the holidays. It's like now it's 4th of July. And then I watched that one. This isn't a Christmas movie either, but it, it was released at the same time. So when I started watching, I thought it was going to be a Christmas movie. But it was like Damon Wayans Jr. and like Rachel Lee Cook. And he's suing this, this dating website because they like guarantee if you want a thousand dates, he'll find true love. And he has and he hasn't. So he hires Rachel Lee Cook plays his attorney and he hires her to like sue this company. But, like, spoiler alert, they end up losing the case because they fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> and it was cute. Um, I hadn't seen oh, Rachel Cook do anything for a really like a book time. I would Yeah, it was cute. So the book that I read this time is called You Deserve Each Other. And it is about um, a couple who are engaged. And it's all from her perspective. Her name is Naomi. And her fiancé's name is Nicholas. And they've been together for, like, a year and a half. And they got engaged and moved in together, like, I feel like it's been a while, like, in that story, like, eight months or something. And since that, since they got engaged and moved in together, it's been, like, not very good. She feels like she's always, like, pretending in the relationship and stuff, like, pretending that everything's fine and pretending that she's happy and she's not. And his, it takes place in Wisconsin, I think Wisconsin some great like state and um <laughs> and her family she's got a brother and a sister and, and parents but they all like kind of live scattered around but his parents live in the same town that they live in and his mom and they're like wealthy um and his mom is very involved in their lives and she like resents like how much time he spends on his mom and like how much he always has to like just extremely high maintenance and all of this stuff and she's like essentially taking over planning their wedding for them and he's just kind of letting her do all of that stuff like she changed the cake that they wanted and the dress that she'd ordered and like all of this stuff is happening and she's really resentful and the premise of the book like by the back of the book it says that they both want to break up but whoever calls it off is going to have to like take on the costs of the wedding that they've already planned that's not really what happened in the book. It's more like the mom has paid for everything because she could afford it and also because she's getting her way. And Naomi feels like she would force her to pay for these things that she couldn't afford if she was to break off the engagement. And she thinks she gets this idea in her head that I also think ends up not ever really being true, that Nicholas also wants to break off the engagement but or wants them not to get married, but he doesn't want to be the one to call it off. So she starts actively trying to sabotage the relationship to get him to break up with her. And it doesn't work. <laughs> she thinks that he's doing the same thing, but it turns out he's not really. Like, he ends up buying them a house, like a cabin, out, like outside of town. And she, like, loves it a lot. And that's kind of, like, the start of them, like, cutting back together. But... It turns out that, like, her deciding to, like, sabotage the relationship kind of wakes her up a little bit where she'd been living in this kind of days where she wasn't, like, feeling things or, like, you know, really present. And so she starts to talk to him and, like, have emotions. And, and so there's, like, there's parts where they, like, kind of play pranks on each other, and that's kind of silly. But, like, a lot of the descriptions in this book or the reviews on Goodreads describe the book as being, like, so funny, like, hilarious pranks. And there's some of that, but more like, I find the book kind of sad. It ends up really happy, obviously, 
where they like reconcile and you know they stay together and they stand up to his mother and all of this stuff. But at the beginning, I was like, this book is really sad. What's wrong with her? Like, she needs to see a therapist or something, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it worked out to turn out a comedy like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh. Um, so it is. It is interesting that like they, you know, it's kind of like a sad premise, and it just turns out like sometimes it's funny, but. I think the best part of the, and I enjoyed it. I read it like a night, but the best part I liked is like when they move into the house, like she walks through the house and like imagines, she describes it really well where you're like, oh, that sounds like a beautiful house. She like kind of describes what she imagines, like each room looking like at like different times of the year based on like the kind of life she liked, like imagines this room at Christmas time. And there was another part where she kind of does that. And I don't, I don't remember now what it is but where she kind of, like, takes off in this, like, flight of imagination, imagining a place, how it'll be when it's, you know. And those are, like, really nice, like, descriptive scenes and kind of, like, a romantic as far as romance about, like, a place. or So I liked it overall. I would say I didn't think it was very funny, but it was, like, an enjoyable romance. Well, that's good. <laughs> would you read it again? <laughs> um, probably not. I probably oh. wouldn't read it again. That's usually my test. Do I want to read this again? Will I tell someone else they should read it? Yeah, I definitely haven't liked it as much as other books I've read. Like, I, I really like, like, I really like most of Christina Lauren's books. Although, like, the last couple I haven't liked as much. And I like the first one they did. I really liked Roomies, but was that the first one? I don't know the order of the, that's not the first one they wrote together. Because the first book they wrote together was, like, erotic Twilight fan fiction, and they did a couple of similar kinds of styles before they got into writing more of like rom coms. Hmm. I think I read the one that you told me to read. Yeah, so you read I think Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating, which I oh, really yeah. Liked. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that, one, that I like. one I think is their like funniest book. So what are your favorite romance tropes? I like the they have to pretend to date. That's my or favorite. Be engaged. Mm-hmm. Dating. Yeah. Did you read Roomies? The Christina Lawrence book Roomies? I think I read that one after the other one. Because that's where she, like, she marries this Irishman so that he can be, like, in a, he can stay in New York and be in a play that her uncles are producing. I think I did read that one. So that yeah. get married and oh. then they fall in love. I started that one. I didn't finish it. I really like that one. It does really good. It's not fake dating. I guess it's fake marriage. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, it's similar. It's like we're pretending to be in a relationship, and then like feelings change. What do you do? Is it real? It's so good. I like yeah. the ones where it's at complete odds, and they don't like each other at first, but you can tell there's chemistry. Mm-hmm. But they fight it, and they're like, and then eventually they realize that they're fighting because they really love each other. Can you think of one that you like that's like that? Oh. Probably a Joanna Lindsay book. Once a Rogue, I think. Mm. Like, is that like a, like a Regency era? Um, no, it's early America, but it's, it's both. It's America and England. One of them is the cap of ship. I guess kind of like Pride and Prejudice is, is that one where they like hate each other first. Yeah, it's kind of like that. A classic, the original perhaps. And uh, I also like where they used to knew each other when they were kids, you know, mm-hmm. years later. Yeah. Know. I started one like that on Overdrive on Libby. I had it, and then it went back before I could finish it. So I have it on hold again. 
It's Courtney Milan, and it's a historical fiction. It's called The Duke Who Didn't. I don't think I've read her. I'll have to try. She is, um, like, her parents are Chinese, and they, they were living in, like, the Caribbean or something, and got recruited to come to England to work as a cook. And then her dad invented this sauce, and then the Englishman, like, stole the recipe and made a bunch of money off of it. And he just, like, still makes, like, as a cook. And so she's grown up there. Her mother died, and she's, like, working with him to protect this new sauce recipe that's going to, like, make them famous and stuff. And she has this childhood friend who is, I think, half Chinese and half English who, like, comes into town for some sort of event once a year, and she doesn't know that he's a dupe, and he's, like, has to tell her because he wants to, like, profess his love, but it's awkward because, you know, she's really proud. And stuff. That's as far as I got in it, though. Yeah, that's a, the childhood friends one. I, um, did you read The Bride Test? I did. That's like a kind of a take on that fake relationship story. I think I've talked about that one in a, in a podcast episode before. You may. I'm I read the fun series. The nerdy series. So there are all these nerdy ones. And one of them is My Nerdy Valentine. <laughs> they're Vicky Lewis Thompson. And they're so funny. They're just quirky and they're witty. And I like those. I like them to be quirky and funny. These are older books, so, but I still like them. And I've read them multiple times. That's when you know they're good. Yeah. <laughs> you read it again later and still like it. And this one's a fake relationship one, too. What's that one called? My Nerdy Valentine by Vicki Lewis Thompson. What's that one about? Oh, she's an aspiring psychologist, and <laughs> she works for a sex therapist. And she falls in love with this stockbroker who lives upstairs. And she's again getting these mysterious valentines. And at first she thinks they're from him, that he might like her. And then she, they realize that he's like a stalker, kind of a strange person. So he <laughs> fake be her boyfriend. And oh, okay. To make sure that he doesn't, you know. So she's taken in. He'll leave her alone. There's just funny little capers, and then they end up getting together. And the sex therapist boss is just over the top funny. Yeah, I also like the kind of the trope of like the, the meddling I don't know, boss or like I think is it Susan Mallory who writes that whole series that take place in that one town where it's like the mayor fixes everybody up. Yes, she does. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I read like there's a new man in town. Who should I hook him up with? <laughs> what is that series called? It's like the name of the town. Fool's Gold. Fool's Gold. Yes, that's yeah. the name of the. Yeah. Yeah. There are 12 books in that series. There's so many. Um, there's So on Goodreads it says there's 20 primary works, but 45. That must include, like, short stories. Um, uh, yeah, because she wrote little um, novellas, like 50-page maybe. Yeah, but the promise of, like, this series is, like, Fool's Gold is just, like, a town of too many women and not enough men in it. Yeah, all these men keep moving to town. Yeah, and it's all these women in their, like, late 20s and early 30s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how is this town so many of these, and where are all these guys coming from? 
<laughs> well, it's like one will come because he's, I don't know, always dreamed of, like, having your ranch or something, and so he'll come and have his romance, and then, like, uh-oh, here come his college roommates or yeah. <laughs> uh, his it's brother. Big basketball arena thing or something. Not arena, but. Sure, yeah, so the whole basketball team was in the town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of when I was like, gonna write my little romance novel. I think that was kind of like the main thing I was drawing from. It's like, it's gonna be like school school. There's other No. Someday. Aww. But there's also, did you yeah. read like The Virgin River? Robin I, mm-hmm. I just read the first one and it was pretty good. Um, I, but I think it continues. Did, did they make the show out of that? Yes. Yeah, there's another okay. show. I haven't watched any of it. But like the first one is like the doctor, her husband. I think she had a husband die and maybe like a baby too. And she moves to Virgin River for like it to start over. And then she falls in love. And I guess everyone else in town also falls in love. That's the series goes up. Did you watch it on Netflix? I haven't watched it, no. I think my parents did and really liked it. Have you watched Bridgerton? I haven't. No, I've heard it's really good. Yeah, me too. I haven't watched it yet. Did you read any of those books? I didn't. Is that Julia Quinn? Um, I don't know. I haven't. I've read Julia Quinn. Maybe I have read them. Look. <gasps> I have read them. She's <laughs> putting on my Goodreads. Yes, I read. I didn't realize that that was what it was based on. Yeah. I gave it five stars off of my Goodreads because of Miss Bridger. That's the first one. Evidently, I really like it. Maybe well, I should read it. Maybe I should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even know. Yeah, I think that the Friends of the Library, because they started to do like a little, like a curated book sale. And so for their... Oh, yeah. I that. For their February list, they were trying to find in their, like, romances these Bridgerton books because they're like, this is what people want. It's, like, the hot thing. But I don't think they could find any. They have, like, I think a couple others, Julia Quinn books that weren't in that series, maybe. I plan on watching that show. I have some friends who just, like, binge-watched it. So much drama. I'm going to watch it. I have to now. Have you read the whole series now that you're looking at your... Uh, I'm looking... Um... I don't know. Sometimes I just randomly go because I read every genre of mm-hmm. romance. Uh, like I have not. Probably just didn't realize there were the rest of the series and never found them all. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna read them all now. Yeah, that's how like a lot of I feel like mo- most like romance series are is like each book stands alone, so like you don't have to keep continuing with the series. Um, to understand. I kind of like that about romance. Mm-hmm. series and then yeah you can pick up like book 18 in the series and you don't really need to know what happened in the first 18 books zach then you'll still be okay yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they're also a little bit connected so that if you have read them and really like the character you can still find it in the next one which is fun. yeah yeah like that those kiss quotient books um yeah, the third one's coming out, but I'm like, when is the cousin gonna get his romance? Like, you know, like if you start to really like like a side character, you know, you're like ready for yeah. that person to get their own book. The one I read, A Princess for Christmas. There is a new one coming in the winter of 2021 called Duke Actually, Duke. about the second cousin's wife, Danny, and Max, the guy she was supposed to marry, the princess was supposed to marry. He's a Duke, so, so he I want to read it. 
So in this Kiss Potion series by Helen Huang, the heart principle is the third one, and it's coming out in August. This is probably, these are probably my favorite romances. Anyways, and this is about Quan, who's the cousin of the characters. No, he's the cousin of the, the guy in the first book and the brother of the guy in the second book. Did I read the second one? The Bride Test. That's the one where she comes to America from Vietnam because the, to marry this guy because his mom like set them up and he, he's, he's autistic, he has autism and he doesn't know oh, that she's yes. going to be there until his mom's like, here's your wife. And he's like, I don't understand what you're doing to me. I'm, you know, this isn't what I want. But then of course they fall in love. <laughs> you know, I'm a meddling mother them. type. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but these ones too, like I, like I said about the Brown Sisters books, um, we're all deal with like characters who like, like diverse characters. So like in the first two books in the Chris Question series have main characters who are like on the autism spectrum. And then I think the love interest for Quan, the just looking at this synopsis or whatever, she has OCD. Oh. Um, so I really like those ones. I might you read? She might get to read. I also really like these, like, that are getting the, um, like, the illustrated covers. Instead of the, um, naked chest men. Yeah. The yeah, the models posing, you know, um, was like, or like the ones that are like the stock images that are layered on top of each other. So it's like a couple on a bench and then they Photoshop like a dog next to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's not real. <laughs> like just draw, just draw the picture. It'll look good. <laughs> that kind of so the one I read this deserve you deserve each other has an illustrated cover makes it more likely for me to pick it up. But I really like contemporary. I can't read some historical ones, and that's fine. But I prefer a contemporary s- story, um, and I do like it have it deal with like some issue that's like a little bit more real or like feels more like an obstacle than just like. We won't tell each other that we like each other, which is often like the conflict, you know, in a in a book. It's like we won't admit that we like each yeah. other. I don't like it when that just drags on and on and on, and that's the only thing that's keeping them apart. Is they're like, oh, I don't like you. Yeah, it's like sit down like grown ups and have a conversation. <laughs> get, it or don't. get it or don't. <laughs> it just doesn't make a very good book when they just go on and on with the same thing for three hundred pages. Yeah, and I also think, too, for me, something that's really romantic is, like, you want to, like, imagine that these characters have this whole life together. And if sometimes you, like, read a book and you're like, I don't see how this is going to work out long term. If you guys, like, can't have a conversation. Right. Like, <laughs> I like it when they give you a little, not really necessarily an epilogue, but a little closure at the end besides just we kiss and we're together. Mm-hmm. And then they end it. And I'm like, no, I want to see, you know, if you've had a best friend that's been interacting with them the whole time, I kind of want to see the end of them reacting to them being together, too. Mm-hmm. You know, the the whole world that they've been in. Yeah, you want to see them as a couple. Yeah, not just, oh, we kissed, we're together. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's, like, the appeal of the fake dating trope, because, like, the whole book is kind of like that, right? So they're having yeah. a relationship or pretending to so that they have to be like out together like meet their friends or family not just in their head yeah a lot of talking to themselves i like to see them i'm an action reader 
I like the plot mm-hmm. to go and do something. <laughs> not a prose reader. You know, prose is good. I do like prose, but I, I like things to happen. Yeah, keep it going. Yeah. What are other things that you, like, hate in a romance? Oh. Now I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you, like, I I will stop reading a book if ever, like, the main love interest is described as, like, alpha. I'm like, this uh, is for me. Like, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't no. like the, like, the, the male love interest to be, like, possessive or, like, you know, really aggressive or that's yeah. not my jam. <laughs> And there's a lot that are like that. And I know people really, people really like that. I feel like most paranormal romance is kind of built on that idea. Kind of are. Yeah. I like a little bit, but not overwhelming. I like a feisty heroine. Yeah. And I I like him to like that she's feisty. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. Definitely not going to be walked over. But I like a strong man too. And that doesn't necessarily mean both strong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Personality. I was thinking of, like, the little sub subgenres in romance. There's, like, all the different historical time periods. I think there's, like, a lot of, like, sports romance. And I haven't very many of those. So there's be, like, the, you know, it's like everyone on the hockey team has a romance in that series. Or... I like Susan Elizabeth Phillips. One of my favorite books is Heaven, Texas. Um, and it's the Stars football team. I think I read there. I think I read that one because you told me to. There's also a whole series where it's like detectives or cops, mm-hmm. um, which are like, I feel like often it's like the woman ends up in danger and then he like has to protect her because he's a police officer. Yeah. yeah. Or like she's involved in some case he's investigating or something like that. And then there's like the small town subgenre. I read the series where it was like four friends and they were the women, they were all writers and they did different kind of writing. So it was like a romance writer and one who wrote true crime or something. And that was a fun series. Who wrote that? I think I read those. I think I read those for, I think Rachel Gibson. (gasps) I like Rachel Gibson. Or I used to. I liked her in like the 90s and 2000s. Then she started getting more. I don't like cursing in my book. And she started adding more of that in. I don't know. A lot of the newer authors have added cursing into their books. And I just, it takes me right out of the story if I hear that. I stopped reading her, but I really liked her a lot. And other than that, I think I still would. Yeah, this one I read, it's called I'm in No Mood for Love. And I read it for, like, a reader's advisory class that I took. And I was like, I guess I'll read this whole series. But they're really fun. And it's the series is called Writer's Friends. So there's four because one is for each friend. And each friend is, like, a different kind of writing. And so they, they have, like, a group, like a writer's group where they get together and they talk about what they're working on, but also their, like, love lives. And that's kind of what connects the four stories together. I think they live in, like, Idaho or something. But those are fun, and I think those were written in, like, like, I'm in No Mood for Love was published in 2006. So I haven't read anything at first for a while. I haven't. I think it was probably this decade. (laughs) When she started adding the the language that I did. Yeah, but she has a whole, like, hockey team series. I really liked her, though. There was another, I was, I was just looking for Katie McAllister. She has several different books. 
she has a dragon series. Oh, uh-huh. And then it turned into dragons, which that's not my series, but I know a lot of people like that one. <laughs> I like her other ones. <laughs> so are the dragons, are those a romance or something completely? They're romance, yeah. Dragon romance. They're, they're just not my favorite. <laughs> I like her noble series. There's only three, but they're really good. And then she has another one that's, um, I don't know if they're really a series or just kind of, well, no, I guess they are. The Ainsley Brothers, that's what it is. They're really good, too. There's three in that series. And they're, they're um, like contemporary. Rich. They're contemporary. They're funny. She is super funny. Everyone you read is funny. Um, the, um, the Noble series is like Regency, I think. And then the Ainsley brothers are contemporary. One of them is a great race and they drive these old cars like the great race, but it's modern mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's funny. They yeah, fall in I, love and race. <laughs> I jinx it. I, yeah, I think I like the, the funny ones too are the ones that like, cause I was definitely like into like romantic comedy movies before I ever like read very much romance. So I think what I like in a romance book is where it feels like, like a rom-com movie. Yeah. Like, those are the, the like the best ones for me. But that's why I like, like I, why I like Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating so much is like, so the premise of that is they're like kind of old friends from college who reconnect a little because she like works with his sister and they decide to like help each other out and they set each other up on these series of blind dates, but they're like double dates. And it's like each one is worse than the one before until eventually, like, you know, they end up together. But, like, the theories of the blind dates are just so ridiculous and funny. There's, like, the one where they fall off the boat. I don't know. (laughs) This sounds funny. (laughs) Do you have any others that you're looking forward to, stuff that's coming out? I don't know. I've been still kind of in a weird reading funk. I did... Check out a few at the library. I was doing a sampler for someone, and you know when you're doing a sampler and you're looking for historical romances, so over there looking at the romances, uh-huh. <laughs> and I found about three or four that I want to read. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're new. I didn't really look at that. I just looked at the covers and went, "Oh, that looks good. Look at that back. That looks good." <laughs> See, one of them, one of them's an Eloisa James. Say no to the Duke. I think that one's fairly recent. Yeah, I think that Danny Brown one is one that I saw on the shelf when I was picking out a sampler, and I gave it to the person who I was picking the sampler for, but I was like, I'm going to put this on hold for myself as soon as I'm done with my sampler. <laughs> one of them is Nothing But Trouble by Amy Andrews. That one looked good. I found these lists in Goodreads that are, like, all of these different genres of thing, of, like, subgenres of romance. There's, like... Enemies to Lovers, Accidental Pregnancy, Laugh Out Loud, Wedding Planners. This is like red-headed heroine. Reconciled Marriage. I'm not a big one on those. I like or to the, read more of the new love. New one, new love. Yeah, there is like a subgenre of ones where it's like they used to be in a relationship. Now they're getting back together. Or I guess it's kind of like what you deserve each other is. The reconciliation, love, hate, kind of. Oh, yeah. So you're going to talk about the ones you recently checked out? There was Amy Andrews, which I've never read her before, so I don't know if I will like her or not. Um, It's nothing but trouble. It looks brand new. 
Oh, a cowboy romance. That's definitely a yeah. big sub- subgenre. <laughs> I like small towns. And there's a pig on the back. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, and it's a quarterback. Oh, and football, too. Yeah, football cowboys. <laughs> football cowboys. Then there's another one that's Smitten by the Brit by Melanie Johnson. I've never read her either. That does look brand new. It might be good. Ends for engagement. Meets Thea Wharton, who's like a romantic hero straight out of a Jane Austen novel. Did you read that romance book club book? You know, I had it checked out, and I started it, and then I just never finished it. I think I still had it checked out. It's not been a good year for me. For sustained reading, and I think that's true for a lot of people. Although I've also heard other people be like, all I've done this year is read forever. Oh, no, maybe I did. I think I turned it in. I was not feeling it. I don't know if it was just because it was too bro-like. <laughs> uh-huh. Just like, mm, no, thank you. <laughs> there was a little language in it, too. I do remember that. I'm looking at this list. I think uh, mostly that it was a little more bro-like than mm. romance. Susan Elizabeth Phillips has a new book coming out this year. I like her. I've read every single book she's written, except for Glitter Baby, which was her very, very first one. It doesn't read like the rest of it. I tried. Oh, this is called When Stars Collide, and it's in the Chicago Stars series. Oh, I like so those. Heaven, Texas is in that series. It is interesting to see, because like, you can pull up the list of the series. And so she wrote the first one in the Chicago Star series in 1994. And if you pull up the list of Texas, that was that long ago? Uh, yeah. Well, this was, this one says that it's called It, it Had to Be You was the first one. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. It Had to Be You, yeah. I read that one. Okay. You can like kind of just scroll through and see the evolution of romance covers through the series. Because like the newest one is an illustrated cover, and it but the one before that was like chandelier, and then it was like just a like headless woman's for a while. <laughs> uh, Some of the drawing ones were really weird too, though, because they have they were just really misshapen. Yeah, like really stylized. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at this list of these are contemporaries that are coming out this year, and most of these have illustrated covers. But it looks like a lot of fun stuff coming out. Did you read, did you read Sally Thorne's? She, like, two years ago had this book that everybody liked a lot. I think I started it and I was like, never. Sally Thorne? Mm-hmm. I don't think I know. The Hating Game. I have not read that one. But The Hating Game was one she wrote and then it got a lot of attention. People really liked it. And I think that's when they work together and they hate each other and then they fall in love. And Sarah Hogel, who wrote this one that I just read, she has one coming out this year called Twice Shy. And I'd read it. So, like, I don't think I'd read You Deserve Each Other again, but I'd read another book that the author wrote. Oh, okay. The Hating Game, that's the one you were just talking about? Mm Mm-hmm. I think I just checked that out yesterday. Oh, all right, then. Let me know. It's really familiar. This one that Sarah Hogel has coming out next year called Twice Shy is about a woman who inherits a house in the Smoky Mountains from her great aunt. And then when she arrives, there's like this grouchy, handsome groundskeeper. <laughs> that sounds like something I would like. And that I think fun. the things that I really liked about You Deserve Each Other, which is about them like buying this house and like building a life in it. 
sounds like that's kind of what this book is more about. Those are fun. The ones where they go to a house and meet someone unexpectedly there, and mm-hmm. they don't even like each other at first. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's a what are you doing here? It. Why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> That on your I have a large to read. Yeah, me too. Me too. I am almost done with Sugar Plum Ways by Debbie Mason. It's another Christmassy one. It's pretty good. I'm about halfway through. I think like the last Christmassy, I don't even know. I, this isn't like genre romance, but a Christmassy one I read was. Oh, yeah, now I can't remember what it was called. I think I might have told you about it before because it's so good. It was one that was kind of like a sad, sad romance. That's what I like. They never <laughs> um, consider that like in the romance genre because romances aren't supposed to be sad. They really don't. <laughs> <laughs> so anything that that is sad is like not a romance. <laughs> but even if it was romantic at the beginning, they're like, no, nope, yeah, <laughs> that's what's about a genre of romance. But yes, so it's called One Day in December by Josie Silver. Did I tell you to read that one? It sounds really familiar. It's like the girl, she has like this moment on this street or on the bus where she sees somebody and they have this intense eye contact and she's like, oh my God, who is that? And they never get a chance to like talk or anything, but she stays with her for a long time and she like tells her best friend about it and they end up kind of just talking about him like a lot for like a year and she never sees him again and nothing comes up comes of it until like one day her best friend has um like this christmas party or something where she's it's like it'd been a year later been dating this guy she wants her friend to meet and she meets him at this party and it turns out he's the guy from like the bus that <laughs> she's been thinking about for a year but she like can't tell her friend that it's this guy because she feels bad about you know because her friend really likes him um i think tell me about it it sounds yeah. really familiar so it ends up being like pretty sad <laughs> but I, yeah i really liked it and i read that, I I read that new- because it was a reese witherspoon book club book oh i don't think i've ever read any of her recommendations she's pretty good she recommended like the proposal i think did you read any jasmine guillory she's kind of like I, I looked at hers but i don't think i've ever read any of hers She's kind of like one of the more popular contemporary romance writers for the last like three years or something. We saw her um, when we saw Rainbow Rowell at the Portland Book Festival. Oh, years right. ago. She, she was like in okay. conversation with Jasmine Guillory. But I read I read one of her books. I think the first one she wrote was The Wedding Date and then The Proposal. And I think I read The Proposal. And it was kind of fun. I thought it was a little bit slow paced for me. But I'd, I'd try her again in a different book. But the proposal was about, like, this woman's boyfriend, like, proposes to her at this baseball game and, like, a, you know, on the jumbo screen. And she's like, no. And then she's like, run away. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's, like, the guy who, like, helps her escape from, like, the baseball stadium is, like, the one she ends up falling in love with after she says no to her boyfriend who had this idea it was time to propose. But yeah, I really liked One Day in December. I wonder if this, she has, Josie Silver has another book out come out called The Two Lives of Lydia Bird. And I don't know if it would be, a, if it's a romance or not. Oh, this is like a sliding doors type of story. It's like something happened and then she has a chance to like see what her life would have been like if that hadn't happened. 
Mm-hmm. Have you ever read any like good teen romance lately? I have, yes. Dance away with me. Aww. Is that one pretty new? Yeah, it's a um, new Susan Elizabeth Phillips. Dance away I with need me. To read that one too. How exciting! I'll have two Susan Elizabeth Phillips to read. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. A new YA romance that I have read. We're reading one for our teen book club this month called Love All in Mode that I'm looking forward to. I haven't I started it yet. You did. Um, it's one of the because um, it's at Ever our book club. It's around the Evergreen and Teen Book Awards, so it's nominated for the award for this year. But that's one where she like she goes to Paris in like a, a cooking competition. Yeah, it's really cute. Good. I'm glad. I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, I like the latest one I read. Um, what I like about me was the most mm-hmm. recent. Yeah, we talked about that one last time you were on the podcast, I think. Yes, we did. And the other one was How to Make Out. Um, Tweet Cute was before that, and that one was so cute. Is that Tweet Cute is by Emma Lord, right? Yes. That one I gave five stars. She has a new one that is either coming out in January or maybe December. That looks really good. I really like... Her. What did I read of hers? It was a long time ago. I just like really, really liked it. Oh, so her new book is called You Have a Match. Oh, I'm gonna wanna read it. If yeah, and it came out the other one. I can match January 12th. And I think I don't know how much it's romancy. Might be more general. Yeah, I think it's like she takes a DNA test. She finds out she has a sister. But there's probably also a romance in it. Yeah, I read Fake It Till You Break It too. Which I gave five stars. That was by Jenny Wen. Yeah, I think I've read that one. Is that one? Oh, she like, 2009. That's a fake romance one? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I have to say it's like fake dating or something, and I'm like, I will read it. <laughs> no matter what. Oh, maybe I'm, I'm getting Emma Lord confused with somebody else because it says a tweak. It was her first book. Oh. So I don't know who I'm thinking of. Someone with a similar name. What about The Upside of Falling by Alex Light? Have you heard that one? It was came out on February 18th of 2020. Oh, yeah. I recognize the cover, which, you know, because I bought it, but I haven't read it yet. It looks like it might be fun. Yeah, there's a few. They're also doing more of these similar kind of covers with the teen books, too. It's funny how they all go in stages. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they match, no matter what genre. It's like the whole book world goes in this state. Everyone's <laughs> yeah. doing pictures. Everyone's doing illustrations. <laughs> or cupcakes on the covers. Like, everyone has a oh cupcake. Oh, boy, on the yeah. For a while, that was a big thing in romance. Everyone had a cupcake shop. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I feel like I'm not reading enough stuff that's just in one genre to know what, what the thing is right now. I don't yeah. think I am either. There's another YA one that we got last year called You Say It First. It looks really cute. It's by Katie Katubno, and I've read something by her before a few years ago. It's like she meets this guy while she's phone banking, and they start having, like, this, like, friendship. Well, she's what? Phone banking. What so she's, like, thing? she's like calling people to, like, tell them to register to vote. Oh. She works, like, a, yeah, a voter's registration center, and she meets this guy because she, like, calls him. <laughs> And they start to have, like, a friendship over the phone. And, you know, and then what? 
I love looking at, like, lists of things and, like, making a list of books I want to read. Windy City Magic was a good one. This is another YA one. It's actually book one, but it's her mother's a matchmaker. And they're, like, her family is known as being matchmakers. And she's, like, the only one that doesn't have the <gasps> gift of being a matchmaker. What's that one called? Windy City Magic. Okay. That sounds really the good. Best. I think I've been looking at that one. It was cute. Kind of falls in love with this. Well, she does fall in love with Charles Blitzman. He's the mayor's son and the most desired boy in school. Opposite from her, you know, little magic world. <laughs> I read a series. Um, well, I started a series. I don't think I ever finished it several years ago. And it was kind of one of those that was kind of a cross between like a romance and like a cozy mystery. Um, oh, there's also yeah. some like magical elements in it. So it's like, I think her name is Lucy, Lucy Valentine. She, yeah, so just Lucy Valentine is the name of the series. They're by Heather Weber. And the first one's called Truly Madly. But she, her family's run a matchmaking service and it's like a similar promise to what you were just saying where it's like her family have always been like cupids. Like they have this gift of matchmaking and she doesn't have it. But now she has to take over the business anyway. And I have read that. Yeah, she like had lost her Cupid abilities and some she like electrocuted one time. Anyways, and so she this is what she does. Yeah. She lives or their offices is under like a private investigator's office. And then so like the two of them like end up working together to like, I don't know, solve a mystery or do some matchmaking or whatever, and they have this kind of back-and-forth antagonistic friendship thing going on. Um, and it was really yeah, cute. I, really I just read the first two. In you can only find lost objects. Yeah, yeah. So it, it ends up that she's, like, better at doing, like, the investigative work than the matchmaking stuff. But, yeah, there's a bunch in the series. Maybe I should finish it. I really liked it, though. I gave it four. Mm-hmm. Pretty cute. And a good read for this time of year, Valentine's. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right, Angela. You're just saying it's time to be done. Okay. We've yeah, had a good got- talk. Yeah, I feel like I have, like, a whole list of stuff to read now. Yeah. <laughs> My oh, read the yeah. list a lot longer. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on and talking romance with me. It was really fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. You've been listening to your shelf or mine. I'm Becky. And I'm Angela. Bye. Bye. Studio time for your shelf or mine is donated by KLOG, Cooking Country, and 1015 The Wave. We at the Longview Public Library thank our local stations for their ongoing support. Your Shelf or Mine jingle is written and performed by Megan McKeldry from A Song for You. Find Megan on Facebook or Twitter at Meg McKeldry or online at ReverbNation.com slash Megan McKeldry. That's M-E-A-G-H-A-N-M-C-E-L-D-E-R-R-Y. ReverbNation.com slash Megan McKeldry.